So today's actually a special Sunday. It is the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. But back in September, Pope Francis released a letter and he instituted that the third Sunday of Ordinary Time would be called the Sunday of the Word of God. So today's actually the very first Sunday of the Word of God um, ever since Pope Francis instituted that a couple months ago. So he, and, he, and he did that to remind us and to help us to see how important the scriptures are, how important the Word of God is in our liturgy, in the life of the faith, just in, in, our, in our Christian world, the scriptures are so incredibly important. The Mass is permeated with scriptures. I think Father Mitch talked about last week an example of how that, Behold the Lamb of God, and Lord, I am not worthy. Come, those are, we're quoting scripture there. We read scripture every single time. We come every, every day at Mass, we hear from that word. And yet we as Catholics oftentimes have this reputation of not really knowing, the, we, don't, we don't know our scriptures, we don't know the word, we don't open that book, that's for, that's for other people, but we, we don't need that, right? Which couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth, because the scriptures are the word of God. There's so much there. What usually happens is we come to Mass, we might kind of halfway listen to the first half of the first reading, or we might kind of start to listen to the gospel and we say, oh, I know that one already and then we check out of it, right? We've heard the story of Jesus calling the apostles before, right? But if we really engage, if we really listen to the depths of what's there, there is so, there's people who dedicate their entire life to studying the scriptures, and they just barely, and they'll be the first to tell you, they barely scratch the surface. People have been studying these words for over 2,000 years, and there's still new insights, new things that are coming to mind in terms of academics and in terms of people's hearts. The Word of God isn't just a book. It's this living and effective, it's living, it is living and effective. It's Jesus Christ, the Word, present and speaking to us every single time we hear that. And that's what me and Father Mitch try to do. We try to take this and in the little time that we have, we try to unpack the Scriptures, try to show, give examples about how the Word is speaking to us. But the goal, we only, have, like, we only have like 10 minutes, or 20 if you're Father Mitch. Don't tell him I said that. And that, that's, so, that's not enough time. And so our goal is not just to, to, give you, it's to give you something to chew on, but to encourage you to continue to, to study the scriptures in your own prayer and in your own life. And give an example of how that, for example, in today's readings, without the context... All we really hear in today's gospel, Jesus saying, repent, for the kingdom is at hand, right? So come back, stop sinning, convert. These are all great. These are all very good things. He's calling the apostles, beginning his ministry, starting to preach. And that's kind of, the, on the surface, that's kind of what we're presented with in the gospel. But if we look at the context, if we look at what's being quoted and what's being said here, if we really know what the scriptures are saying, it unlocks so much more about what Jesus is revealing about himself to those people and what Jesus is revealing about himself to us today. See, now it all begins with looking at the context. So in today, where are we in Matthew's gospel? What just happened was that Jesus had just been baptized by John, you remember a couple weeks ago. And he went from there to be tempted by the devil in the desert. And now he's beginning to preach this gospel of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is at hand. And it says he moves from Judea, where he was near Jerusalem in the south, and he says he moves north to this land of Zebulun and Naphtali. Now, we don't, we, we don't really we don't know Israelite geography, 
But Matthew is quoting something from Isaiah, which actually was our first reading. This prophecy from Isaiah that reveals why Jesus went there. See, the prophecies of Isaiah and a lot of the prophets were speaking hope to the people of Israel in their time of exile. What had happened was the Assyrians, the Babylonians, they came and they basically wiped out everything. They destroyed the temple, they took the people away from their homeland, they took them into captivity into these different parts of the world. And the the exiles, more or less, they they came, they went, some rebuilding was able to happen. But by and large, the people of Israel never really recovered from this exile. They were living in foreign lands, disconnected from their homeland, disconnected from their religion, longing for this day when they would finally be able to come home. And the prophecies, especially Isaiah, were speaking of this time when God hadn't abandoned his people reminding the people that God was there and that a a, a light will come, a light has shown. The people who are in darkness will see this light, and the kingdom will finally be reestablished. God will bring all these things to fulfillment. That's what the people were longing for. And if the the first reading stopped, I I, I would like to, to go one verse more, because right after this verse, and it says, And we know this because a son has been given to us, a child has been born for us, mighty counselor, wonderful God, prince of peace, this Messiah who's going to come to usher all of this in. And we know know who that is. We just celebrated Christmas not too long ago. Jesus came to usher all of that in. And so by Jesus coming in now talking about this kingdom, he's saying, I'm this one who's finally going to come to bring in what you've been waiting for. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. The darkness that you've been in, God has come to bring a light into that. Your exile, God has come to bring it to an end, to bring you back home, to restore this kingdom and this nation of Israel. And it says he went to the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, because if we look at the stories of the exile, those were the first places that that the Assyrians conquered. It started there. And so to undo the exile, Jesus starts where the exile started. And he goes throughout all of the region, starting where it began, to preach this gospel. No, the light is here. Your exile is over. God is with you. I am with you. And when he's doing that, he begins, what do we hear after that? Calling the twelve, right? Calling the apostles. And the apostles, the twelve apostles, represented the twelve tribes of Israel. He's calling twelve people to himself to symbolize the twelve nations of Israel coming together to restore this kingdom of God. And so he's telling the people, and he goes, it says he went about all the region preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This gospel that what you have been longing for, what your hearts have been desiring, is finally coming to be. The kingdom of God is at hand. So come and join yourself to that. Repent. And join yourself to this great restoration that's taking place right before your eyes. And so the the readings we hear today speak so much more than just a simple repent, stop sinning, and to call the apostles. It's a deeper restoration of all of what the people had been longing for. The darknesses of their hearts, God came to bring a light into that. And it's so important that we recognize the depth of what's there. 
Because it's one thing for, for, for you to come to Mass and to hear these things preached to you from me or from Father Mitch, but it's a whole nother thing for God to speak to your own heart and for him to speak that message of a light in darkness, the end of an exile, the end of, of, your, of your darknesses, for him to speak that into your hearts. Because me and Father Mitch are great, but God can speak in a whole different way than we can. God speaks to us in a way that only God alone can. So how do we engage the scriptures like that? How do we put ourselves in a place where God can speak to our hearts? Because it's very easy to say, well, yeah, but y'all, you had six years of education. You know all these things. How am I supposed to engage that? It's too complicated. I'm not, I don't know enough. Where do I even start? And all those questions, all those fears, is honestly the devil trying to stop you from starting. Because if you don't start, you'll never get anywhere. He's going to throw up every roadblock to stop you from starting because he knows that if you start, you're encountering Jesus, that relationship is going to change, and he knows that he's lost. So I want to be very practical with four steps that we can do to really engage the scriptures in our own life so that God can speak to us. These four steps you may have heard is Lectio Divina, holy reading engaging the scriptures in our own life. It starts with very, a very obvious first step that a lot of times we skip. Read the scriptures. Read the actual text. It's very good to come in to, to hear them in Mass, but try not to let hearing it in Mass be the first time you've heard the text. And reading it in the Missalette, that's good, that's good. But it's better to read it from the Bibles that are there, or the Bible that you have at your house, because that helps us to see, oh, what happened before this? What happened after that? It helps us to see the context in which we're speaking. Where are we in the story of Jesus so that I can understand it? And it just starts with very simply reading it, familiarizing yourself with the text. Read it multiple times, again and again and again, slowly, and see, just see where we are. It all begins with that very simple familiarization with that text. And then... We meditate on it. We think about it. In your own heart, what do, what do you see happening here? Don't sell yourself short. You have God gave you a beautiful intellect and a beautiful gift of reason for a reason. What do you see happening in the scriptures? There's so many resources out there to help us to do that. There's podcasts like Bishop Barron. There's things like forms, which St. Thomas has a subscription to. You have it for free. There's so many resources that help us to teach us to unlock the scriptures to see what's going on in here. There's books by Mary Petrie, Scott Hahn, all these things to help us take these high ideas and make them very accessible to us. To study, meditate, what is going on in the text. So we read it. We meditate on it. We think about it. We study it. Then the third step is to pray with it. That's that movement from what, what, is, what is happening here, what is God saying, to what is God saying to me here? How does this speak to my life? Because the scriptures are not just an old book. The word of God is living and effective and always, always, always has something to speak to us. I've read the same thing multiple times, again and again and again, and depending on where I am in my own life, it speaks something very different. Because reading the scriptures isn't reading a book. It's talking to a person. And that conversation is going to be shaped by where, where, why, where, where we're at at that time. 
God, what, are you, what darkness are you trying to speak light into? What sin, what struggle, what habit are you trying to encourage me in or are you trying to, to reveal to me? There's always something new if we put ourselves in that place and ask ourselves, what is God speaking to me right now in my own life? And then finally, to rest with God in that, to contemplate. In that silence of sitting with the scriptures, making ourselves vulnerable with the Lord, just being, him, being with him in that, he speaks to our hearts. That conversation becomes real. Because I'm not just reading a book, but I'm talking to a person. As I read it, as I meditate upon it, and pray with it, and allow myself to rest with the Lord in that, he speaks to me. He transforms me. That's been the single most transformative thing in my own life ever since I started seminary, was really sitting with Scripture. Not because I've learned about it in class, but just allowing the Lord to speak to my heart in that. He reveals himself to me because he is present there in the Scriptures. In the church, we talk about the table of, of his word, of his word here, and the table of his body. And the, Jesus Christ present in the word and in the Eucharist, those are the two ways, the two most powerful ways that he is present with us, and that he reveals himself to us. And so the church wants us to rediscover that. The Sunday of the word of God, Pope Francis is encouraging the whole church, rediscover the scriptures. Maybe as a family coming together to read the Sunday readings. If you can, getting to Mass a little early to read before we actually hear, hear them at Mass. To be with the Lord in that. To listen to a podcast or a video or something on YouTube. To some, someone who can unpack the readings for us and then to talk about it as a small group, amongst our family, amongst our friends. These are ways that God becomes very real to us and that he speaks to our hearts. And so we read, meditate, pray, contemplate, allow ourselves to encounter God in the Scriptures so that if we give him the space, he will always speak to us. He will always bring light into our own darknesses. Amen.